The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Due to the ongoing pandemic and to follow social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was pre-recorded over Skype. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, hosting tonight. I'm joined by John Roberts and Sue Timberlake. Greetings. Hey there. And uh, yeah, we're uh, we're here to talk about politics and try and be civil about it, uh, despite the. Uh, uh, well, the, the increasing sort of attempted breakdown of how our politics work, uh, thanks to uh, President Trump's insecurities. Uh, but before we yeah. can get into <laughs> before we really get into that, I should just mention that we do really love to hear from our listeners. Uh, and uh, you can get in touch with us in a few different ways. Um, <laughs> we are Civil Politics Radio at valleyfreeradio.org, uh, at Civil Politics FM on Twitter. And Facebook.com slash Civil Politics Radio is our community on Facebook. We do also have our own website, which is quite simply CivilPoliticsRadio.com, which has recordings of previous episodes of the show, uh, supplemental episodes, and links to other stuff we talk about. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, do you guys want to talk about uh, the... The the uh, attempted coup, or do you want to talk about uh, which one? Uh, well, do you want to talk about the attempted coup, or do you want to talk about the uh, uh, way the coronavirus is uh, just really getting bad? No, I'm I'm asking you- which attempted coup. I know that, but like, there's 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 I think they're all ultimately part of the same sort of misguided project. But like, there's that, and then there's. Epidemic. I was just I think saying. Sue wanted to say something. What was that? Did you? Say well, what? well. So did did you guys see um, Stephen Colbert the other night? He was talking about the coup. You know, sort of the the coup of our government, and then yeah. there's sort of a a coup that's um, within the party trying to make him stop it. And he and so Stephen Colbert. I'm, I don't do jokes justice. But then he says, so there's a coup within a coup. It's a cuckoo. I thought that is a great joke. <laughs> cuckoo, cachoo. Anyway, cuckoo, cachoo, exactly. Oh, don't, so, no, not cuckoo, cachoo. <laughs> That's, <laughs> we don't want to start a race war. <laughs> that, that's that's Helter Skelter, man. Cuckoo, cachoo's from I Am the Walrus. That's, that's I thought fine. that was the same. Oh, yeah, that's true. Thank God. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Whew, that's, that was a close am, one. Uh, yeah. I am the a walrus, or I am the rhino, according to my <laughs> Democratic friends. Oh, I think there's, Christ. I think there's ivory involved either way. I think, I either think way. the only the only people that really call you a rhino uh, are are other Republicans and Pocky uh, no. for some reason. Pocky, I don't know. Yeah. That was kind. Of, I, anyway, <laughs> um, so uh, let's talk about the coup. All right, you know. genre. Which one? Exactly. So, yeah. See, how do you like it? Yeah. I mean, I have. A, I. 
I'm prepared for that question though. So there's the uh the the woman in the GSA um who uh that who is holding up um the whole like transfer of power. So that is let's see. I believe uh, uh, it, Emily Murphy. Money. There That's- is the uh the thing in South Carolina or the Lindsey Graham calling the Secretary of State in Georgia asking him uh to uh just not count like votes from certain counties. Yeah. Uh there are the people in Michigan who uh the 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 council Wayne of, County the board of canvassers um in Wayne County who uh there are two republicans on that board that wanted to that that didn't want to certify the results then uh the public there was a public outcry and then they were like fine and they, they voted they voted to certify and then the other night they wanted to reverse that vote they signed an affidavit saying saying no we don't want to do that but then the state was like no you're you're done it's done so too bad you know so <laughs> then there's then there's the uh the, all the court cases that trump that trump's legal team headed up by rudy giuliani whose face was apparently melting today uh had um has have going on in in pennsylvania and michigan and and i think wisconsin um then arizona just got thrown out yep oh yeah the there are so many court cases just not working then there's the uh the fact that trump is calling uh, the republican leadership from the state house in michigan to the white house for some reason quote unquote they yeah. they got a lot going on. They got a lot going on. They do. I, I don't think anybody's governing at this moment. I think they're so busy with their adventure in the in the Nobody's been really governing like Yeah. Like for the last four years. So <laughs> Yeah, sadly it's, that does seem to be the case. Yeah. So which one do you want to go for, Mike? Oh, you want me to pick. Uh okay. You said you asked me which coup, so I listed them all. <laughs> Ha-ha! Now the tables have been turned on the table turner. Well, I suppose... Uh, Take that, I, Mike's batard. <coughs> been hoisted. <laughs> Call me Captain Jean-Luc Batard. All right. Uh, I, I would... I that one. I, you did. Um, let's, well, let's start with the, 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 uh, the stuff in Michigan, because that, I think was the the closest that was coming to the so far to something that was uh going to legitimately monkey wrench or 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 significantly monkey wrench none of it's really legitimate <clears throat> but that would actually monkey wrench uh the whole procedure of continuing to you know count the votes and certify them and you know appoint the slates of electors and so forth um you know, if the county board of supervisors or, or election supervisors or, or whatever they were called, county canvassers, I think it's, you said? The board of canvassers. Uh, board of, the board of canvassers. Board yeah. of registrars. Board, no, of board, registrars. Of, board of canvassers. Yeah. Yeah. The so Wayne County canvassers. Yeah. So. Yeah. So uh, if they hadn't signed off, then that was potentially kicking it up the chain. And what if. Republicans further up in the state election apparatus had decided to follow that lead and prevent 
uh, uh, certifying the count. Uh, that's the kind of thing that might have led to uh, eventually uh, the state of Michigan uh, being in the kind of uh, administrative legal deadlock that would allow uh, a Republican-controlled legislature to, um, you know, to snag uh, the, the to, to to seize an opportunity to to appoint a different slate of electors and send them to Washington and <clears throat> see how all that went. So. So that's a potentially averted. significant problem. It was averted. Yeah. Uh, yes, that is that is not a problem now. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, just so everybody knows, happening in a lot of places. Uh, just so everybody knows, I mean, they the two canvassers, the two Republican canvassers in Wayne County, they had signed affidavits saying they regret their votes on Tuesday. Uh, to to certify the uh, the election, arguing that intense bullying and coercion plus bad legal advice forced them to agree to certify to the election, and Tracy Wimmer um was talking from the uh the state's uh um, the secretary of state's office I believe uh said there is no legal mechanism for them to rescind rescind their vote. Their job is done, and the next step in the process is for the Board of State canvassers to meet and certify. So nice try. Nice try. Oh boy. That's a that's a that's a good attempt, I guess. And this is after <clears throat> Trump called one of them personally. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just I watch this going on and I sometimes I'm horrified that all these things happen so differently in all the different states. And then other times I'm really glad because Somehow it does sort of keep it, it keeps it out of the hands of those people in Washington. So, you know, I, I, I'm so conflicted as a Republican, but I'm, I'm glad that they, well, that, you know, I, I like the states to decide things that the federal government shouldn't be involved in. Mm -hmm. And I, depending on the topic, I have mixed feelings about whether it's a good idea or a bad idea. We've sort of talked about that sometimes. So in this case, it's like, I was thinking, thank God, all the states are out of the reach of the influence of D.C. at the moment. And then something like this happens and it goes, oh, my God, if that had actually been successful, you know, there was nothing that the Supreme Court or anybody could have done about it because it's more of a state, you know, it's sort of a state yeah. issue. So, like I said, I, I have I'm conflicted over. I'm glad <laughs> that it happened in Michigan, that it was resolved and they're going to get their electors and they're going to follow the votes. But I just, you know, it's sort of one of those things that none of none of these systems are foolproof. They really aren't. And it, it just shows you sometimes how fragile our democracy is. Well, of course, they're not foolproof, because at every step of the operation, at every level of government, uh, we, we perpetuate a fundamental mistake made by the people who set up this country, namely that every part of this process is being uh, overseen and carried out by human beings. And there is no greater source of error and confusion than human beings. Uh, I have maintained since I was in high school that the smartest course of action would be for us to wipe out all the human beings so the rest of us can get on with our lives. <laughs> I that do trust like dogs more. <laughs> I, I do you didn't even know me then, but <laughs> I, I don't yeah. think that matters. You, yeah. I've seen you. I've you seen the progression kind. since I've met you. I can look back. You know I, can, <laughs> I have enough data points. Yeah, fair enough. 
<laughs> yeah. So. Well, I was going to say I I trust dogs more than people, so I I I'm with you on that one. You certainly know where a dog is going. Oh, you don't trust dogs at all. Now cats? they're followers. Oh, I trust I trust cats more than dogs because they they don't care. They do what they want. Yeah. <laughs> a dog can have like a like a pack leader and tell it you, like you can tell it what to do. It'll sit. No, not cats. Not nah, screw you. Do you have food? No. Okay, I'm gonna go over here now. You want you you want to pet me? No claw. <laughs> now you have a scar for the next day. Good job. That's it. So yeah, I trust I trust cats to do whatever the hell they want. <laughs> right. cats anyway. Would be, cats would be great to oversee all these things. If only they could be persuaded to give a damn. <laughs> uh, so... I think I think it's uh, honestly like in in many ways, like it's good that these states can certify their their own votes, you know, to send to the to the federal government. That means they can like all these little inconsistencies They're They're not like a nationwide thing, you know. Um, so I'm, I'm not small, small loopholes. Yeah, they, I mean, they rather than one big one. Yeah, I mean, like if there were actual inconsistencies in the votes, that then the states have the have the ability to to go in and, and check them out like quickly. If it was like federally controlled, then there would be a lot more red tape to go through, probably, uh, depending on how it was set up. So, I don't know. Or it could yeah. be much more efficient and simplified because you'd have one controlling uh, central office. Uh, administering the various local sites, but it really you know, depends on how the system would be set up if it was federally or if it was nationally managed. Sure, but. sure. Again, all those humans involved really have a lot to do with it, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, but that's yeah. not how, what we have. Um, but uh, I do note that uh, if we can get through the reform that is desperately needed and get rid of the electoral college. That will be an argument in favor of uh, having it all centrally controlled from the federal government, uh, even though I, uh, even though that's probably not the way we should go. Um, I think if it, if it, if we got rid of the uh, electoral college, then what we would what would happen is we would just certify the votes the same way. Like it, yeah. they, they would, they would, people would. I mean, because the power to to certify votes is lies within the state. Like that's how it works. So they wouldn't have like just getting rid of the electoral college unless there was like an additional amendment to to cover that. Uh, the state would still decide how people vote, when they would vote. You know, in like not when, but uh, and they would be certifying the results. It's just they would certify the just the amount. Just, you know, just like, actually just like now, they just would then well, we, send that number to up instead of sending like electors. Well, we could actually separate out uh, state elections from uh, presidential elections because the president and vice president are the only two offices that are elected across the nation. So that, you know, we're, we're used to seeing it happen at the same time and all the elections happen together. But all of the other things that were on our ballot were, you know, local municipal elections, 
state ballot measures, and then offices either uh, either in state government, so statewide offices, or else federal offices for our region or for the state, you know, like senator or whatever, yeah. like Ed Markey. <clears throat> well, uh, you know, I, I, I think there are federal laws that uh, uh, impact this, but in theory, you know, the state of Massachusetts could decide to elect uh, all of the state government offices and whatnot uh, anytime they, they wanted. Mm. You know, there's a reason why uh, Virginia, for example, elects its governors uh, in, uh, uh, you know, the off year. I think the next election for governor there is, I th- was it last year? I think it's like the, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think don't it's we the nines, the threes, and the sevens. off year too? Uh, we, yeah, Governor Baker is up for re-election in, 20, in 2022, as I recall. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, it, it's... Well, either way, like, even if it was a, even if we elected, like, for local offices on a different time, then the, 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 the way that the vote was certified in the state would still be controlled by the state. Oh, sure. But I, I just, you know, the federal government, uh, could, uh, exercise authority to, in a sense, peel off elections for the presidency and vice presidency <clears throat> and maybe for for uh the federal congress too uh but uh, the the argument there of course is like well that's to represent the people in our state and we'll do it our way but certainly you know this is the, something that we'd have to look up because i don't yeah. think the federal government can do that well they certainly don't have the power to control state elections because that's clearly outside the enumerated powers but the federal government uh, can pass laws governing elections to federal offices, certainly to the presidency, because there's no state component. It's not linked to any one state. Mm. Would you like the mm. Supreme Court elected? <laughs> no. You, do you like it the way it is? <clears throat> I don't like it the way it is either. I would <laughs> – well, for one thing, I would expand the court because uh, we the the federal judicial system is, uh, I think, overburdened. Uh, I think we need more justices just to pick up the load. Um, and also, I think we should expand it by four justices because uh, the when it was expanded, when it was expanded to well, you can call it court packing if you like. That is certainly on brand for your party, but. Um, the reason it was I, I when it was expanded re- to nine, when it was expanded to nine. Hold on, hold on. Uh, so, Mike, what were you saying? When it was expanded to nine, uh, it was done so because there were nine federal court circuits. Uh, you know, at the appellate level. Now there are 13. So I think it would make sense to expand the Supreme Court by four and return to the practice of having each judge oversee one of those circuits, which was the original plan when they expanded the court to nine. I would also then institute term limits for, I don't know, some significant amount of time, but not a crazy amount of time, like 18 years or something. Okay, so Sue, what were you going to say? I was just going to say that I believe my party actually has already packed the court, the court. So it's um, it's funny that we keep saying the Democrats are going to do that. We've already packed the court very effectively. So 
Yeah, but I like basically. your argument. I didn't know that about the, setting up one justice with each overseeing one of the. Would you say there's nine district courts now? Thirteen. There are thirteen. Yes. There, yeah. Well, thirteen circuits. I mean, there are many district courts, circuits. but there are not thirteen circuits because that includes, I believe, eleven distinct circuits. Plus, there's the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals, and then there's another circuit, and I can't remember what it's called, but it handles. Uh, uh, I don't even remember the count of cases it handles. I'm sorry. Uh, I knew this, and now I've forgot. I'm forgetting mm -hmm. it because <laughs> I looked it up. But kangaroos, uh, we put you under this. Yes, it covers <laughs> kangaroos. It's a kangaroo court. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. good. And, and now that's Australia, dude. <laughs> but yeah, so uh, uh, I think it handles uh, international uh, things that involve international matters and things like that. You know. So, so do you think that? Instead of just nominating judges, just judges, they should maybe we should institute like there should be a judge from each court. Like that's where they come from. Well, we could oh, do it that rotation. way. Well, I mean, a like rotation up to the yeah. Supreme Court from that circuit. Yeah. Or something like that. Like you have yeah, 13 somebody suggested judges. That. Was that Ginsburg? Ginsburg suggested that, I think. Didn't I she? Did she? I, I don't know. I, somebody did recently. Uh, you know, one of the maybe it was Sandra Day O'Connor. It was somebody who who recommended it or thought it was an interesting idea. I guess is the way to put it. You take a judge from somewhere in that district or somewhere in that in that system, and you're like, oh, so now you're uh, now you're uh, justice, and basically they could quote unquote represent that that circuit and then uh, when they either die or their term is up or whatever then you would take another just another judge from that circuit i i think that's just in the end going to wind up kicking the whole who picks the judges can down the road uh in a way that i don't necessarily see makes it any uh easier oh i wasn't thinking about like who picks the judges thing i was just thinking like since since before the nine there were nine justices and there were nine uh districts so maybe just uh just taking different different judges from different parts of the country which have that so then they would have different perspectives on things uh so that maybe would be all yelling, i see what you mean yeah and harvard um supreme court justices and well, they yeah, wouldn't all be yeah they wouldn't all be from what with the Washington like circuit or something like that. They would be like one from the, you know, one from each, which would mean they'd have different uh, life experiences from the different uh, areas of the country where they would have to live and work and hear cases from. Uh, so they would br then bring those experiences into the court, into the Supreme Court. Interesting. And yeah, it wasn't I, District that, Nine. It was just nine districts. Yeah, yeah. That, well, <laughs> that was a good move. That that I thought so too. I, that might be a good idea. I don't know. Uh, I'm a smart. Yeah, <clears throat> but I um, uh, I think it's interesting that at the moment the <clears throat> Supreme Court. I think everyone on the Supreme Court is either Catholic or Jewish. Isn't that <clears throat> the case? 
Yeah, yeah. Yes. One one was was Jewish and is now Episcopalian, or was Catholic and is now Episcopalian. Yeah, I oh, wouldn't okay. mind a few atheists on there. Yeah, it's it's sort I of amazing that the I I think that diversity is good and religious diversity is really important. So, just think about if they, uh, if the, if if someone nominated a, a Muslim. Oh, I think that would be fantastic, but I don't think great, it's going to happen would in our lifetime. Freak the hell out! That's what would happen. Yeah, yeah, yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And all these, all these arguments with, uh, like people trying to protect um, Amy Coney Barrett, uh, and and her like super being like a being really really religious. Then people are like, oh, religious freedom, you know. Okay, yeah. how about a Muslim? No, terrorism. Yeah, oh, Hindu, God. Buddhist, yeah, people but go But also, crazy. I mean, John, Barack Obama, I don't think, wants to serve in the Supreme Court. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus oh, Christ. Man. Let's, okay. I think that Mike needs I some think, time to I cool off. COVID, <laughs> I, I think somebody has COVID brain tonight. I don't know. Jesus Could Christ. Be. And, and, and this is... This is going to be a legitimate example of cancel culture, and it will be deserved. <laughs> I will mute you. <laughs> uh, speaking of muting you, Lindsey Graham and the, the Georgia Secretary of State. Oh, my God. Let's yeah, talk about that after the break, though, because uh, we, oh, okay. we are running out of time then. Also, are, Mike's are going to make a terrible, oh. terrible joke. Yes. <laughs> I, how do you know I'm going to make a terrible, terrible joke? <laughs> So we're going to talk about <laughs> Lindsey Graham and other politics stuff uh, after the break. You've been listening to Civil Politics on Valley View Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM in Northampton, Massachusetts. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program, featuring new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ, or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org. So when you get to the corner of Smith and Orchard, you're going to want to take a you left. You are not going to Then what you're going to do is turn Marcy onto Marcy and Avenue. just broke up. And go past and the first three she's lights happy about and then it. take the next left. I don't really think she's five more happy, blocks, but and you should be who there. am I to judge, right? Park anyway, on the right. That's I'll what see I you later tonight. Night. It's hard to concentrate on two things at once, like texting and driving. Stop the text. Stop the wrecks. How will you stop texting and driving? Tell us at stoptextstoprex.org. 
Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. The Forbes Library staff would like to remind you of the incredible resource that you have in your local public library. We have tens of thousands of books for you to check out, music CDs, movies, newspapers from around the region, the state, and the country. We have a wide variety of magazines and free computer and internet access every day. We also have our incredible reference services there to help you answer particularly vexing problems. All of this is free, locally available at 20 West Street in Northampton. So come by and check us out in person or at www.forbeslibrary.org or call 587-1011 for more information. Science is real from the Join me for Evidence-Based Radio, Friday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. to learn more about science and skepticism. You can email questions or topic requests to evidencebasedradio at gmail.com. That's Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow. I'm still broadcasting with Sue Timberlake and John Roberts, and we're still glad to have you with us. Uh, The uh, 2020 uh, election, uh, I think all the races have been called pretty much around the country. Georgia even finished their hand recount. So uh, now it's just a matter of filling out the forms and uh, for the presidential and vice presidential races, actually uh, sending the formal slates of electors to Washington for their meeting in – is it December 15th? I can't remember the exact date, but it's in, in the, mid-December. Uh, the, the, Georgia- the, elector, the electoral college meeting? You mean? Yeah. That's the 14th. The 14th. Yeah. And uh, apparently uh, – uh, uh, guest of uh, uh, someone who's been a guest on our show a few times, and Nicole LaChapelle, the mayor of my hometown of East Hampton, apparently will be one of the electors sent us from the state of Massachusetts. So, you know, good on you, Nicole. Sorry, Sue, what were you about yeah. to say about Georgia? I thought Georgia, they did, a, they were doing a sort of an audit thing, and that Trump has to request a recount if he wants one, I think, this week, if if he's going to ask for a recount. And if he doesn't, but he has to pay for it too, right? If he does, no, and he they did had request a, a limit, a limited one because they did this. It was like an audit. It was a re-canvassing, but it was actually an audit. It's I don't think it was the full recount. No, Georgia did a hand recount. Oh, they have okay. So they did but both of those things. When it's yeah. when it's that close, they, they they do a hand recount automatically. Yeah, yeah that that was my understanding okay. as well. Yeah, uh, but okay. other states like Wisconsin. Uh, uh, the president can request a recount, but it will be something that his campaign has to pay for. Right. Which, and, you know, us cynical lefties are like, yeah, so of course Trump's not going to do it because he never wants to spend a dime of his own money if he can help it. <laughs> well, this morning, I think it was C-SPAN. I'm losing track of the days. I believe he did ask for recount in two counties. So it's only $3 million instead of seven. So I think he has requested a limited recount in two counties. So, I, I, actually, we should probably verify that because I might have dreamed it. In Wisconsin, so, you mean? I, yeah, I think it was two, I, two counties. He was, 
Yeah, I think so. I think it's the the two counties Less with money. Uh, with with uh, money. large minority uh, or non-white populations. I think is uh, how that works. Well, that's the most suspect, right? Just kidding. Oh yeah, recounts. <laughs> well, in that's the most suspect if you're him. <laughs> uh, yep. There are going to be recounts in Milwaukee and Dane counties, where out Biden outpolled Trump by more than a two to one margin. Um, he and the order required by law after Trump paid three million dollars for the recount was agreed to after a debate for more than five hours. Oh boy! So yeah, uh, there's going to be recounts in 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 uh, in Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and Dane County. Wisconsin. Yeah. And nobody expects that to change the outcome. So Usually, uh, when you have recounts, it just further solidifies the whoever was leading. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's possible that a few hundred votes will change either way. There was a, <clears throat> for example, there was a, a, a case in Georgia, actually, where uh, uh, there had been uh, one of 5,200. Yeah, like a like a thumb drive that had results from one vote tabulation machine hadn't been properly, you know, hadn't been used and uploaded properly so that uh, they were short by like a thousand votes. And I think uh, that wound up tipping like, you know, like another hundred votes uh, plus for President Trump or something. But, you know, uh, when one is up by tens of thousands of, you know, a a few hundred votes here or there is not going to make the difference. Yeah, I thought it, I thought it was fifty two hundred, and I thought it actually was an even split. The votes were basically half for Trump and half for Biden. You know, and that would make the result you just said, where you know it it, it bumped up Biden a little bit, but it was basically, you know, it was a non. It was just a yeah, a, I, a sample that was had been misplaced or something. I don't know what what happened with it, but they found it in the process of doing their audit. So yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah. So, yes. Uh, so uh, as uh, Christopher Krebs from uh, the Cybersecurity Division at Homeland at the Homeland Security Administration said, uh, the election seems to have been uh, run fairly securely and uh, 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 without uh, any real signs of tampering from uh, malicious actors, whether American or foreign, uh, which, of course, is why he's apparently been fired by President Trump. Yeah, didn't he say it was the most secure election that the country's ever had? I think something like that, right? He made yeah. he and a couple other people made some pretty, you know, non-controversial, but you know. Well, I, I think everybody remembers. Statement. I think everybody remembers the uh, you know the Canadian cyber attack of 1880 that uh, almost swung <laughs> the election to Tilden. So, you know, it's uh, it's it's been an issue that's been too long ignored. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm not getting any rise out of brain. John now. He might have tuned <laughs> Sorry, I was reading something. No. <laughs> <laughs> Too Listen, late. I have, a, I have a lot going on when we're recording this show, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so speaking well, of a lot he, going – go ahead. I was going to say Lindsey Graham and his adventure in Georgia. I mean that's that's terrible. I can't I, believe he called Georgia and tried to get him to – and I believe the Republican secretary of state. He said he was, you know, he's pushing to get rid of uh, just to dump some votes. Yeah. And, and not just, just a, a few votes, but, but tens of thousands of votes. Right. Counties. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know who these people are. It's almost like they're drinking Kool-Aid or something at the moment. Uh, well, I can it, tell you who they are. 
it's it's really they're the it's, Republican Party, Sue. Yeah. Well, this and, is and, your Republican. This is what the Republican Party is now. This is it. Yeah. Well, and, some, and and it's sad because, you know, uh, Lindsey Graham was sounding the alarm about how bad this was all going to be, you know, four or five years ago. And he's absolutely right. And it's 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 it is a little heartbreaking to see someone who was just on the nose about how bad it could be, nevertheless, fall victim to exactly what he was, you know, smart enough to warn about. And, you know, and he's just all in. Well, you know, people are very different in different walks of life. And, you know, there's generals and there's politicians. And, you know, you just really can see how politicians wait to see how the wind is going sometimes. So and actually, I think um, your party, somebody in the Democratic Party made some comment. I, I'm sorry, I'm, I've lost the reference to this. I'll try and find it. But basically said that the Trump people have to be deprogrammed and you know, my party's gone all ballistic all over him because, you know, the implication is that Trump is a cult. But, you know, it is it does feel like people are pretty um, they're they're behaving in in very polarized ways. And it's it's really sad to see. Well, I, I mean, think- there used to be a time when you could, you know, you could at least espouse some values and people would agree with you. So, eh. well, uh, kind of, I yeah, mean, I guess. kind of. <laughs> we, yeah. Well, you say you say family values now, and people go ballistic, and it's like, well, you know, I'm I support families. Well, you know, are you anti-choice? It you know, it's got it's it's I gained mean, new meaning that you can't even use the same words. Family values has always basically meant the same thing. It's just that people are going ballistic now because they're they're able to. Like if like family values was basically uh, saying like the the new I can't say the right word I don't know nuclear whatever the nuclear <laughs> nuclear uh, family the two the two parents the two married parents met uh, a man and a woman married and the man goes out and works and they have two two to two to three kids um, and uh, the man goes out and works and the woman stays home that's family values that's but that's what family values is meant they're that, and they're white or at very least light-skinned well that's what it means to you but if you come from another generation it actually doesn't mean that what you know i mean it's, it's that's much what more. it's meant for as long yeah. as i've known like and read Ever about since it the, you're just a, the, the talking you're just point came up well the, <laughs> that that describes exactly how it was being fed to me as a teenager in the 80s you know yeah. that's that's what, what you, that's what yeah. Reagan and crew meant by that. Yeah. You know, that, that's why they were the party of personal responsibility. And, you know, it's sad how all these African-American homes are broken homes because you've got a problem of, you know, black men not being good fathers and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, OK. Uh, well, Sue, what did what what were you going to say? Like what what you were yeah, I'm, saying that I'm, I'm I'm it's not my generation or something like what? Yeah. What was it? How yeah, different so, was it? So so people like me and don't forget, I have, you know, part of my family was military. Part of my family was Quaker, atheist, you know, people of all different religions. You name it. We had somebody of that religion. But f- for my family, you know, family values was much more of a, you know, sort of work ethic and, uh, um, you know, loving parents, which I didn't have. But, um, you know, it. It, it connoted 
I don't know, probably didn't say that right, but it 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 was the manifestation of sort of a wholesomeness that didn't have, you know, the racist stereotypes and the, you know, welfare queen stereotypes of Reagan. It, you know, it, it, it existed long before Reagan and, you know, those, those values are not terrible things. So it, it feels like it sort of got co-opted um, and is now used sort of as a pejorative. And I, you know, I, I understand that that's what you, you all grew up with. And um, I'm actually having an argument with the New York Times right now because they use the word heebie-jeebie, which if you read the modern Oof. literature, they yeah. all say it's it's not a Jewish slur. But when I was young, it was a Jewish slur. It was, you know, um, Hebrew people give me the, you know, the jeebies. And, you know, I think it's a horrible saying. And it's almost like it's lost. It's lost its its definition. And I feel like, who was it in um, Alice in Wonderland? You know, the words will mean what I say they mean. It, I think that's it, the Mad you know, Hatter. Probably the Mad Hatter. <laughs> Sounds like the Mad Hatter. Yeah. They mean, words well, mean precisely uh, what I mean them to mean and nothing else. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, mean, I, I got I, I to say on this very small point, I've heard the phrase, you know, heebie-jeebies uh, my entire life. I've never yep. heard it. Uh, I've never heard people use the word jeebies separately yeah you know uh so it's yeah. like okay uh it was always just this thing and you're like ooh, that freaked me out you know that that slasher movie where the guy popped out of the closet and there was the chainsaw and ah uh, <laughs> gave me the heebie-jeebies you know and it's like okay yeah, yeah. like so the i like i'm not gonna say you're wrong because i don't no, know but I'm like growing up as a kid in the 70s and you know teenager in the 80s i never heard it uh, any other way. I never way. heard and, any connection to anti-Semitism, and I certainly—I never heard people use you, use use one without the other. They were always together. Yeah. So, well, heaps heaps was a slur, also. Those oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Short short for, for yeah. Hebrews. So but let's jeebies is a word I never heard. Guys, so. let's move on yeah. from like discussing slurs, if we could. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and I, like. I, I would like to go back to the to the family values thing, because what we were talking about, like the the nuclear family and and the and all of that, like the that really it it might have meant something different for your family. But politically, that's how it's been used, like since even before Reagan, before like he he ran on that at, on a national platform. But really, it's it came from the, the rise of the quote unquote silent majority. Um, oh, no, I think it was more in the 50s. I think I think the that term, might have been where but, it started out. But like that, I'm saying politically uh, as, as yeah, a slogan, I make I'm making a different argument. And that is just sort of in the same topic, and I'm sorry to go back, but I want to make sure I'm not misunderstood or mischaracterized, that words change their meaning. So somebody who grew up in the 1800s or the 1900s or the, you know, the um, the, the turn of the century, that, that the words in common use sometimes have different meanings. And when you have people who look on the internet and say, oh, that never meant that, because they didn't actually go back you know, to the old English. I think that is the important part of a historian because they can say, well, in this time frame, it was 
it meant this. And the problem is who the historians are, because if the historians are basically white and male, they do miss a lot of the culture. So somebody could say, oh, that word didn't mean this. But in fact, in Harlem, it did mean that. Or So I'm just, I'm kind of arguing a very nebulous thing that for me, it, it doesn't have those connotations, but I am working really hard to catch up with what people think of it these days. And just to go back to the slurs, you know, that day that George used the word uh, paddy wagon and didn't realize the origins of it, um, you know, about the Irish here in the in the in Boston. You know, it's it's a funny thing. It's sort of like, well, it doesn't mean that because I can look at the dictionary. It's like, yeah, but if you were alive in the 50s, it, it did generally mean that it wasn't just a family thing. It was more of a cultural thing. And it's lost because the historians, you know, just like a lot of women's history, that mean X. To, to us, but if you weren't in that culture, you might not know that. And so the historians get to decide who the victors are rather than the victors get to decide how the history is told. So that's the kind of point I was trying to make a long winded um, at the I, end of a long Thursday. So I, I agree. Uh, uh, lang- the language evolves. That's that's how because like language, especially the English language, which is basically us just freebooting what we whatever we want. Um, (laughs) It's it's a living language. It is. It it is. It's a living. It's a language in any form is in a is an ever evolving uh, thing with that can have different permutations, different and even different definitions of words just a few miles apart, you know, uh, through dialects and through accents and, uh, something, this is something I think about a lot anyway, so I I can keep going, but, (laughs) um, the, but yes, uh, language does, does evolve a lot and it's good to know when things change and when things, uh, and when, like why they change, you know, why they change. Yep. It's important. Family values, the term, came into prominence in like it might have been used in the in the 40s or 50s it came into prominence politically in the 60s and 70s and meaning like the like we were saying like the quote-unquote traditional family you know that's why i mean we call we call non we call uh homes that don't have a mother a father uh taking care of the kids a non-traditional home which it's crazy. It's dumb. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, the the language does definitely evolve in things. Things that I know that I that I've said ha- now have different meanings, different connotations, because there are groups that have taken those those phrases and and turned them that, into something else. That, that frog that had one meaning when the guy did it as a cartoon and it took on its own meme. I can't think of the frog. It's a little Pepe the um, frog. He, Pepe, he was, yeah, yeah. The, uh, <laughs> a, a leftist cartoonist uh, start uh, created the character and he became, you know, co-opted by neo Nazis online, much to the guy's yeah. dismay. I mean, do you want to know? Because I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, well, and, I just like to oh, go ahead. And if you tuned in now and you said Pepe the Frog versus when it first started, you know, it would have this whole social meeting that's been given to it by the Internet um, crowd. 
and it and it's sort of interesting because is is that the reality or is the reality the guy that actually created it? I guess they're both realities. I mean, there's you things know. can have multiple meanings. Things can have the the thing. The whole thing with Pepe is that it it took on. You know what? Even better. The the, the what is the what is the you know the animated like little pictures that you see on on the internet what are those files what? called yeah good point gifs or gifs yeah. they're gifs <laughs> yeah but GIFs. that's not what they're but... named they were named gifs <laughs> but we took that and said no we don't like that and then we we as a culture decided to say gif people said so... data for a very long time <laughs> Until Jean-Luc Picard started saying data. (laughs) And now people say data all the time. This is a very political conversation. (laughs) And I'm going to say something provocative because Uh is is it the people's current ignorance of the history? So you're saying the people are ignorant or is it that things are really evolving and this is the new, this is the modern view? And, you know, people say they're um, anti, anti-modernist. anti That's what they said about the Afghanis and, you know, a lot of um, countries that they're, they they hate the modern world. They're jealous of it. Or is it that they that we lack the knowledge of history of well, what happened comes, before? When it comes to language, it just has to do with uh, people encounter a word. And if they aren't either they aren't familiar or they're not paying attention to the context it comes from. So they sort of encounter this word and like, well, how would I pronounce this word normally in English? So, you know, uh, normally D-A-T-A, you go, okay, well, there's an A, uh, one T followed by a vowel. Usually you say a word like that and the A is long. So A-ta. Could say data, but, you know, if I wanted to really make it clear that it was data, I'd put two T's there. But, you know, that's not where it comes from or whatever. A a, a great political example and one with a local connection, especially to where I am right now in Essex County, Massachusetts, is uh, gerrymander or gerrymander. And it makes sense that it's called gerrymandering, but it was named for Governor Elbridge Gerry of Massachusetts. (laughs) And he pronounced his name with a hard G, Gerry. So I occasionally slip and call it that. But it's, you know, it's gerrymandering. Yeah. I was going to say, so which is which is correct? Which is the fact? Which is the fact? Uh, yep. The, and the fact is it was named for Elbridge Gary, but people have been saying gerrymandering for a long time. So that's a perfectly fine way to pronounce it. You know, it's. And I'm sort of arguing that sometimes people have their own facts because those are both facts. Sure. People call it gerrymandering and it was named for a guy named gerrymandering. I mean, Gary. So, yeah, it's 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 a tough one because we're moving so fast now that, you know, in in a long ago, I, I wouldn't be sort of so involved and still be participating in the language the way I am necessarily. And it wouldn't have changed so fast. So it's changing so fast that it's hard for even people that are trying to stay on top of it to keep up with it. And so it's just an interesting time because people are calling each other ignorant for things that um I think they do mean that they're ignorant and not stupid, but I think that that's a lot of what's going on right now is that people are a little, 
you know, I get a little smug sometimes because I think I know something. And and it's a time when, you know, we, we all should be humble how fast it's moving. So. Well, for better or for worse, the Internet seems to be seems to be a, a, a wonderful mechanism for for spreading knowledge and ignorance both at the same time. And if you look at the way people are responding to the coronavirus, that's a, that's a great example because there's still a lot of people who are like, no, this whole mask mandate's nonsense and COVID's a hoax and whatnot. And, you know, uh, uh, the the numbers are, are, are terrifying. Uh, you Staggering. Know, yeah, I mean, uh, so there were uh, 172,000 new cases today here in the United States. Uh, and in one day? Yes, uh, we in are one above day, two hundred fifty thousand dead. Right, and yeah, quarter quarter million. Well, mm-hmm. and what's what's really horrible is my understanding is uh, those stats are compiled are compiled from you know reported deaths and whatnot, and because of the way the system works and and sorts the paperwork out, that could mean that actually we passed a quarter of a million deaths three weeks ago. And if yeah. you look at yeah. what death rates are actually like based on the number of cases uh, in three, three to six weeks, uh, because you've got, you know, 100,000 cases a day, we could be looking at, uh, you know, tens of thousands of deaths per day, uh, you know, right around Christmas. And that's not even counting the uh, the people that have survived and have uh, lingering medical Issues, chronic, right. yeah, chronic, chronic, chronic medical issues, issues afterwards, uh, and people that died that maybe they weren't counted because of whatever reason. Oh, they died of a heart attack. Nope, that was COVID. You just didn't know, you know. Man, that diabetes yeah, is tested. rough. The way it way it'll take people out. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, and it's it's worth noting that as it is right now, and I, I was just uh, looking at this online the. The, there's about 730 uh, deaths from COVID-19 reported in North Dakota, and the state has about 730,000 people total. Mm. So that means one out of every thousand people in North Dakota has died in this year from COVID-19. So, Unbelievable. Yeah. Can I say one good thing before we go? Yes, uh, in, please, please. in our show notes, I'm going to be posting a video of uh, of a guy that is a language and accent expert. Uh, and he he actually does his work involves um, teaching uh, movie stars and actors how to speak in certain accents in different in different dialects. I'll be posting that in the show. notes. I really love it. I think uh, after our conversation, everybody else would love it, too. Crikey dingo. I think you I think you had us look at it um, a couple of months ago. It's wonderful if it's the one I'm thinking of that you sent to us before, John. It's great. Sure. I I, probably said it. I don't know. Well, I'll check it out because I don't remember it. Cool. But right now, we do have to wrap up civil politics tonight here on Valley Free Radio. Coming up next, we've got... uh, Sorry, we've got uh, (laughs) Subculture, followed by Table of Contents and then OK Asia. Uh, and uh, more great music taking us into the wee small hours. Uh, we'll be back with uh, more uh, next week, and uh, you can listen to the podcast of us on all the various streaming services or on our website, and that should be uploaded uh, over the weekend, probably. That's right. And just so everybody knows, we're probably going to be taking the holiday off next week, so have a great Thanksgiving. If you can stay home, please do 
and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. I guess that'll do it for now. Thanks for listening to Civil Politics and Valley Free Radio. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.